This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What's going on? We are back. Episode 73 of The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, as always, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. And so many exciting things are happening in the BeatSource world, including something that's happening this week with the release of the new version of Serato. We've got offline locker mode in BeatSource. So already we had introduced BeatSource Link to you guys, and it's implemented in Recordbox, Serato, all the different things, Denon players. But now we've got offline locker mode available in Serato. So you're able to drag tracks from the cloud into a special locker into your Serato and then even if the Wi-Fi goes off or you want to turn the Wi-Fi off you can still DJ those tracks they're saved into your Serato even though they're part of your BeatSource link subscription and they live in the cloud so it is a real game changer especially as we get back out there and we start doing gigs in the world now you're able to use the offline locker mode uh, in a real way so i'm super excited to use this uh, and i hope you guys are too go try it out i know they've got these 30-day trials um, so you can try beat source out and see how you like it uh, and i think you will not go back uh, so super exciting we got beat source link but we got offline locker mode and don't don't forget the VIP crates and all the amazing playlists that are being updated every day, probably. We've got the 20 playlist, which is updated every week with 20 dope new tracks for all you open format DJs. Um, so many really cool things happening on there. So go check it out, beatsource.com. Make sure you keep in touch with me. Hit me on my socials um, at DJ Spider on Instagram at DJ S P I D E R. I'm on Twitch streaming, doing some shows on there. Twitch.tv slash DJ Spider spelled the same DJ S P I D E R. If you like Twitter, I'm on there. It's spelled differently D E E J A Y S P I D E R. Just hit me up. Feel free. My DMs are open. I love hearing from you guys. Um, the support we got on the last episode with Mike B was massive. You guys loved his stories. He's such an amazing person. So I'm so happy you got to experience that. I had the greatest time talking to him. So much classic stuff in there. Go check it out if you haven't already. Um, and this week, as always, we've got another super dope guest with their own unique perspective to share and their stories and experiences that are unique all to themselves. Um, and she did not disappoint us. Uh, not only was this next guest coming up a professional basketball player herself before becoming a DJ, uh, she is killing it now as a DJ in that world. Um, she just got back from DJing the NCAA Women's Final Four. Before that, she was DJing All-Star Weekend out in Atlanta. Um, she was one of four DJs to spend the entire NBA season last year living inside the bubble and DJing for every team. Um, she's also the DJ and producer for the Milwaukee Bucks. So she has got a lot of stuff on her plate um, there and she really breaks down what her tasks are and what she does. Um, and uh, she's just a really great and positive person 
who does things for the right reasons. And I think you'll see that in this episode. Um, and apart from the things I just listed, she does a million other things. I mean, she wrote a kid's book. Um, she, she just really uses her platform for good. She puts in all the work that she needs to. Her story is inspirational and can really teach you guys a lot about hustle, drive, hard work, attention to detail. Um, I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation that I had with the amazing D. DJ Shauna, so please make some noise and welcome DJ Shauna to the 20 Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We got DJ Shauna on the 20 Podcast. Um, Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the show for so many reasons. Um, I know we had to figure out our schedule. You're probably... The busiest DJ I've had to book in the past year. <laughs> oh man, that like hurts my heart for everybody else. But no, thank I know. you. It's yes. an honor, honestly. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. No, very excited to have you here because, like I said, you're. We, we've had some other working DJs, but you're um, you're extremely busy, which I'm so happy about. You know, for your sake and just to see DJs that are able to work during this time, and um, you know, we're still in this pandemic as things seem to be opening up and coming back into life. Um, but you had such a different experience over the past year. And a lot of people that have come on here, I've talked about them. You talked about with them, you know, resilience and, and how they're adjusting and, and you've gone through that, but you've also done some one of a kind type of things, which I'd love to get into. Um, so yeah. So for a lot of the people that, that, don't know you. Um, you're the DJ for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and you also have done a ton of other things um, in the basketball world and as well as the DJ world. Um, so we can get into all of that through the episode. And, um, you know, you just came off of DJing for the NCAA women's finals or the whole thing. Sorry if my terminology bad is bad. I'm not the ultimate sports uh watcher <laughs> but uh it's okay yeah <laughs> but okay. yeah you just came off you know djing that so so what was that like just um you know the ncaa yeah. women's conference it was amazing so it was the final four so the whole entire tournament as the men's they were held in one location so the men were okay. in indianapolis and then the women were we were in san antonio and so it was you know everybody's really the bubble is such a hot term right now and right. so they kind of they created a somewhat of a bubble for the teams that were a part of the tournament and i have been a part of the ncaa to be honest as a dj and the the final floor's official host for the last five years and this was my fourth tournament due to obviously covid last year so um right this is it's just been incredible so i was i got to go to texas and um i, I know you're not necessarily a, a sports fan but there were some incredible basketball games which so I played college basketball and professional basketball. And so women's basketball and women's sports, women in sport is something that's just really important to me. And I feel so lucky as a former basketball player to be then like at these incredible games that games that I never made to as a, yeah. as a basketball player. So it's, it's incredible. I, I love being a part of the student athlete experience, honestly. That's so cool. Like, I love that. Uh, you're able to combine both of your worlds and your past and your present um, in there. Like, does does your past as a, a professional basketball player, as well as you know, college and high school, 
does that play into your DJing at all and how you're able to pick songs and sound effects and everything for the games? That's a great question. And I spend a lot of time thinking about that. I don't obviously know anything else other than <laughs> right. Who, right, who I am. And of so course. I learn a lot from having conversations with other live entertainment DJs. And I, I, I without sounding like, I think it's just as a leg up. It's something that necessarily you can't teach, right? Like I have all of these years and hours of experience as a basketball player. And so my basketball IQ, I think, just innately is going to be higher than somebody else who didn't play that many hours of basketball like I did. And so I do think it helps me. I think it helps, especially to being, um, you know, an athlete that competed at that level and just kind of understanding that and, and knowing what that feels like again, not having been in the final four, but having competed, I went to Wisconsin, we were ranked fourth in the country. We had a, a pretty phenomenal team my freshman year. And so being a part of winning organizations and teams like that, like just kind of understanding that those moments, like what needs to necessarily happen from like sonically from a sound standpoint, and then also taking into consideration when we do have fans in the buildings. Like, so there's a lot that kind of happens when it comes to live entertainment. That's not just always like for the players. You're trying to take into consideration everybody in that building. Yeah, I know something I've noticed about you is like your attention to detail and you're just very on top of every little thing, you know? And I think a lot of people ask like, you know, how do you, uh, DJs that have made it, like, like what's some advice you have and things like that. And I think there, there tends to be somewhat of an X factor of that type of thing. Just attention to detail, the small things really matter. And people that think that it doesn't are wrong, you know? And I think that probably from your sports background, having to pay attention to every little thing to be a great player has come into your, your DJ thing. And I've heard you talk on other podcasts and other interviews. And I even watched your thing, um, about behind the scenes at the bucks on, on YouTube, how it was so fun (laughs) to watch. And like, first of all, just your energy and how into everything you are and how much you care about everything is like infectious and makes it fun to watch. Even if I'm not the biggest, sports fan like i was super into it and i was you know you were like hyping me up just from watching it from the dj's perspective and i think that um that's why you know your career is is going in the way it's going and i'm sure that's why your basketball thing you know career was like that as well is that attention to detail and i think that um you know i don't know if you want to talk about that anymore but the way that you were just showing okay, I have this defensive uh, iPad that's strictly for defense, which was so interesting to me, like how much different equipment you had and that, okay, this is the easy mode. This is the hard mode. And and you just really (laughs) thought about everything down to the sound effect, down to the stingers, down to the songs you picked. Um, Can you tell us a little more about that and also why you need two laptops and, and just like your whole setup for that stuff? Yeah, no, well, first of all, thank you for you to say, um, that's that's a huge compliment coming from you. So I, I appreciate yeah. that tremendously. So it's um I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've I've been given and and I, like you said, like this last year for me has sort of been surreal in regards to again the like the gigs that I've gotten to do safely and still continue to work as a DJ and I and grow, to be honest with you. Um right. so to answer your question, for in-game stuff, two laptops, it's um 
not every arena is set up this way when it comes to um, in-game entertainment. I have so many friends across the league and um, we all do our like the same job so differently, which I think is just completely like enamoring to understand. Right. Like, to me, there's no, like I'm not a great person to argue about like what real DJing is. Like I have turntables. I learned on turntables, but I DJ a bucks game with a controller and I'm a tractor DJ, which I know a lot of people are also like scoff at as well. And so there's a lot of things that to me, it doesn't matter in the end. Like when you hear it, you know, like to me, it's, it's like, how do you get the sound across? If that makes sense? Like, how is that sound coming across? So the two laptops, one is I refer to it as my DJ laptop and that's what I'll do festivals. That's what I'll do gigs. That's our, our laptop that has all of our, our crates, my tractors on there. You know, I plug my external hard drive in everything happens on there from a quote, like strictly DJing standpoint. The other laptop is what I call our game ops laptop. And that's all the sounds that you hear inside an NBA game. That's not pregame. Um, like again, DJing music and it's not timeout music. It's the sound effect that you get when Giannis does a monster MVP dunk and he has a song that he loves. It's a notorious song and he'll let me know when he wants me to switch it up. And right. we have um, like a splash sound effect when Brooke Lopez hits a three, we have like it goes, we have Drew Holiday, who's just been an incredible get this year. And um, every holiday that I could find a song from Madonna to Earth, Wind and Fire to Lil Nas X, like I made edits for him and I popped them in there. And so again, when they do something that I, I feel is like a sports center, top 10 play, like you're going to hear that in the arena. And I think the guys just love it. And so that's what that game ops laptop is. It's the offensive beats that they're playing offense to. And it's just instrumentals um, just to keep some energy in the building. And then there's um, there are defense beats on there as well without the crowd and those stingers and free throw sound effects and all the fun stuff. But yeah, it's two laptops and an iPad. And I, uh, I, it is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like it was an adjustment. The iPad was an, a new addition during the pandemic. And so to think about like DJing with two laptops and then including another device in there, but you figure it out, you adapt. Right. And why yeah. do you have two laptops like as a, just a backup or just to make sure it's strictly that stuff on the other one? Yeah. Um, because so the, what my in-game laptop, again, it's a program that is, it's strictly, um, like, you know, you move the mouse and you click something and it's, oh, okay. it'll, it'll just play. And so from a standpoint of like the amount, I guess for me personally, I never try to repeat a single song or beat in a game. So if you think oh, about wow. that, like I, I start music, the guys get on the court three hours before tip off and I play until probably two songs after the game is over and everything that you hear audio wise that's not a video is coming from me in some capacity so the two laptops it kind of just differentiates like i said strictly djing which we know is is djing versus like just clicking something and it'll just play the beat and if i push the space bar it fades out i have it it's on my um fourth channel on my mixer and so it just it'll come out obviously it comes out the same way but it just keeps those two kind of like distinctions if you will i don't know how i would be able to do it on one laptop i'm sure there are people that can um this is how i was taught and so um, maybe i could do it with a like a midi um somehow but i feel better when both programs are running separately as well 
yeah, you know, you want to be like the most comfortable, right. <laughs> especially in that high pressure <laughs> yeah. thing. If you make one wrong move, what about like the organ sounds? Is there an actual player? Or are you playing like those type of things? <laughs> So we don't have an organist in arena. I have organ sound effects, but like um, the okay. Lakers, their official DJ is DJ Ruche, and then they have Jay Fingers as their organist. So he's actually like in arena playing an actual organ. Um, Crazy. I know then too, I was in Atlanta um, where they have Big Tigger as their official DJ. So I worked the all-star game with Tigger and then Sir Foster, play, he's a, a keyboardist. And so whatever he decides his keyboard is going to make a sound so he can he can do that live as well. But all of my stuff is just like on my laptop. Got it. Okay. I didn't know if you had to like yeah. battle the organ player or something. You're like, yo. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't have to battle in. that. Some other, yeah, some other arena DJs. I think they were like, who decides? They're like, that was a big play. You're like, organ guy. <laughs> no, I'm out here. We're doing a battle. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the organ DJ. I wonder if like the organ guy, like once DJs started coming into the mix, the organ people were like, come on. What's going on right. here? Like we've, we've been out here since 1942 doing the right. organ. Like Dr. You know, Naismith the, invented the game. I know. Right? Yeah. It's funny. Come on. Uh, yeah. I wonder, I'd love to see the behind the scenes look of the, the organ podcast. Uh, if that exists out there. I love <laughs> the that. Organist. I would listen to that. I would definitely yeah, listen to I, that. I, me too. Does that exist? We need some organ, <laughs> organ players uh, to write in, hit us on Twitter and let us know your take. And then we're going to put an organ versus DJ battle coming up soon. Um, <laughs> we'll remix the organ. Uh, that's so funny. Um, and so like, and then about like picking the songs, because I saw in that YouTube video, you were like, oh, I, I had Chasing Car, or I, I forget, maybe it was on a podcast, but you had I Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol for the Pacers. And it just made me wonder, like, how do you pick the songs? And are there songs that are off limits? Or have you picked, has anything gone wrong? Like you picked the wrong <laughs> song at the wrong time? <laughs> Oh man, that's a great question. So like, uh, that's the the fun part, I think too, about it. I, every sound comes from me. It's like, I just get to make a decision. And so right. I think as DJ, as a DJ, I think I'm pretty nerdy. And so like, I think, you know, chasing cars for, you know, Indiana Paces intro is kind of yeah. clever. And like kind of so, funny. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And so you know, typically when your opposing team gets introduced, it's not a hype song. It's not, you know, a, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, a crazy hip hop beat or anything. And so um, I'm trying to think like there's a Barney song that's called Hey, Mr. Knickerbocker that I've played for the when the Knicks come to town. And so <laughs> just kind of trying to be creative for people who are listening that sometimes can like pick up on that because this is not my show. Like when you come to a Bucks game, you're not coming it's a, not a DJ Shauna show. This is not like, you know, if I'm at a festival or something like that, this is, I'm trying to be a value add. And that's right. all I really try to look at it as, and um, to just try to be a value add and hopefully make the experience better, especially now because a we're at such limited capacity and B we haven't done anything for over a year. So I want you to have fun when you come to a Bucks game, despite what's happening on the court. I want it yeah. to be enjoyable. I want it to be good music. I want you to sing. I want you to dance. I want you to walk out the arena singing that one song that's stuck in your head and might maybe want to come back. And so those are things that I do put a lot of thought and heart and energy into. 
Yeah. Well, it, it definitely shows. And, and I think that that's an important thing that DJs sometimes forget because, you know, being a DJ, you're just the number one person there and everyone's staring at you, but there's a team in, in all of the different worlds that we work in, whether it's a nightclub or a game or a concert or something like that. And I do think it's important to remember the team members, why you're there and what your role is in that specific time. Yes. Sometimes people want to see the big DJ in Vegas and they're the boss, but sometimes you have to play your correct role um, at the time. You know, it's like time and a place for everything. So Mm -hmm. I think you, you seem to approach that in a good way and, and know how to do it. Um, Thank you. And and so um, as far as that, like probably the, fast forward version of that where you really had to learn to work with a team and be with other people was when you were in the bubble because you were one of I think three DJs to be brought into the NBA bubble and DJ all the time right yeah well it was one of four and um, okay and, sorry and so no it's okay yeah. I just don't want to discredit any of them yeah because who are was, the other ones we can give them some props so, <laughs> yeah pause is one is my boy he's with Denver okay. and I think he just so. released his, his like first single in like a year and he's, he's got some good friends out in Denver and this kid is pause is amazing so pause the so. music P-A-W-S um, there was DJ AK who's with the Clippers and then DJ M-I-L who is with um, the Nets and so again it was it was really cool to be with these guys and we all did the same exact job so differently and I just I was inspired it was such an incredible opportunity too because we were I mean, I don't even know what month it was, August or September, I feel like. And I went and lived in at Disney for three months and DJed for 22 <laughs> NBA teams, which is just kind of mind-blowing to think about now. It's um, insane. It is insane. It is. But I had so it was such an incredible experience. And again, when you talk about DJing in the NBA, this is it's such a different DJ gig than DJing at a bar or a club or even a festival. Like you said, like, this is, this is not my show. Like when I'm here in Milwaukee, this is Giannis's show. When I was in the bubble, it was LeBron's show. It was Dame's show. It was whoever it was Carmelo's show. It was, it was like, it was, it's their show. And so again, to just be a value add and to realize to be honest, I think how much of a sacrifice, not only the players, but everybody that lived in the bubble, it was less than 1,200 people to put this event on, and that's including the teams. So when you look at the people that were outside the teams, we were few and far between, like there was not a lot of us. And so to live in a hotel room for three months on at Disney was just such an incredible experience, but you also realize like you're not in your own bed for three months. Like you're not you're out of your routine. You're, there's right. just so many things that are just different. And so that's what I reminded myself is that these guys are playing at the highest level of sport that we can imagine yeah. living out of a hotel, like away from their friends and family, away from even, I mean, their whole entire staff that takes care of them on a regular basis from a recovery standpoint and like, and food and like all of these things you just look at. So Again, to be there and to be a part of that experience and feel like you're kind of in this little like secret club is was really, really, really cool. That's it must have been amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that some of the people you were with almost feel like family at this point, or it's almost like you're at this amazing summer camp that you'll never forget these relationships. <laughs> you know, it's like you're they're Not your brothers and it. sisters, right? 
It really I mean, was. And um, yeah, like to be walking to breakfast and see like LeBron and AD like ride by on their bicycles. Again, it's just surreal in a world where, you know, we're not near athletes of that caliber on a daily basis. And so it was yeah. just like you said, it felt like this really cool sort of like summer camp. Like uh, if we had a handshake, I, I would I'd, I feel like we would have a secret handshake. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, everybody sees LeBron and AD just ro- rolling around their bikes. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's normal. That's yeah. normal. It's normal. <laughs> I'm in LA. Oh, he just rode yeah. by my house. Oh, I see there him right go. there. Hey, what up? Yeah. What up, LeBron? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy i mean yeah. do you have are there any not to put you on the spot totally fine if mm-hmm. not but are there any standout stories or moments that you just couldn't believe like that where like lebron riding his bike around or just anything that you experienced there that stands out to you either funny or just fun and interesting I mean, that, that to me is hilarious. Like literally it's, like walking to yes. breakfast and like LeBron and AD, like the, again, they're just, they're larger than life humans as it right. is. And then obviously they're superstars. And so you yeah. just like, walking to breakfast with your mask on you're like hey guys and they're like what up and just keep biking um that's the the best one of my favorite stories actually like off from away from djing was jimmy butler and so disney did a really cool thing when we made it to the playoffs they gave us um they had like an ice cream bar which sounds funny so we had like we could order there were certain restaurants we could like have delivered that were cleared by the nba but otherwise we had like two places on campus essentially like in the bubble that we could eat and one was one was free and so the free place where we ate most of our meals had an ice cream bar and i didn't eat inside at the time a lot to be honest because of where we were in the pandemic like i just didn't feel comfortable being inside and i was in orlando it was beautiful but with ice cream i didn't want to eat it outside because i didn't want it to melt i hate getting messy like i just so I went like on the, all the way to the opposite side of kind of like the ice cream bar and I had my ice cream and I, ironically, I was like FaceTiming, FaceTiming my manager, Chad at the time. And so my phone's yeah. up and there's a TV kind of like, so I'm like talking to him and watching and Chad's like, what are you doing? And I was, I was like, I think Jimmy Butler's just waving at me. And so I just like <laughs> waved and from like, like maybe 12 feet away. And I was like, Hey, Jimmy. He's like, Hey, and just kept walking. Like that was it. Like there was nobody around me. No, like, I don't know Jimmy Butler like that. Like, I don't think right. he could, he would ever do that again, but like Jimmy Butler just like walked past. And so it was while well, eating ice cream and waved. Just that's goofy crazy. stuff, honestly. Yeah. So no, uh, that that's so cool. And I think that like, <laughs> I heard you say in the, in that video, I keep referencing, like, I'll never take this for granted. Just like when you looked at the um, court and you're like, it looks so shiny. I haven't been here. And, and every time I'm here, I'd never take it for granted. And I just think that's, you know, that's something that's so important in all of our lives. And something that we've learned through this is don't take things for granted, but mm-hmm. especially, I mean, you probably lived a very once in a lifetime type of experience with that the bubble thing and and all of the other things but that alone is just so crazy right it really was like i said it's it's something that i think i know there's going to be like a whether it's a 30 for 30 or something because they're you know like they were document like they're 
yeah. documenting it. Uh, like, why can't I say that word right now? They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, I can't say it right now. But I got um, you. Yeah, they're you. documenting yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a master's degree in communication, and I can't say the word. I have no. It's stuck. So, but yeah, so it, it, it's just crazy. Like you said, that I was there, and as uh, yeah, I, I never I took it for granted. I know, and and not that um, I'm not one to point out like uh, women versus men or female DJ, male DJ. I really am of the, I, I like acknowledging it, but I do think that we're all just DJs. We're all together, you know, like, um, but it is important. Like you said, I was there with three other guys, you know, and mm-hmm. like you were the only woman, which is pretty exciting and important. And, and also wasn't the WNBA, which also would be amazing, but like, you're in the NBA, you're a woman, like, what do you think about that? You know, I, I know that you feel very strong. You, you, you're very vocal with a lot of important issues and you, you're not afraid to use your platform to talk about many things. Um, and so, yeah, how do you feel about that? I thought it was very cool and exciting. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think again, you go back to, to basketball. I grew up you know, and not trying to be like on the playgrounds. And so it didn't, like you said, it, to me, it didn't matter. It was like, all right, right, here's a ball, like, like check ball, like let's go. And so until you kind of realize that there are certain spaces that are like more difficult to like get in as what, for whatever reason I have found that I don't, I don't know to be honest, like why there are some reasons why I can make assumptions based off of how I feel, but I don't have any facts, but there are definitely certain spaces as I have found as a DJ that not necessarily off limits, but it was like, I had to try to figure out the cheat code. Like it just didn't feel like I didn't know that secret handshake to get in. And so, you know, I love what Steve Aoki kind of talked about maybe pre pandemic and say in regards to lineups that he wanted to be a part of and representation of women versus, versus men um, in regards to the, like the percentages of DJs that were on those lineups. And I just think that's important for people that are in positions like that to recognize, like, again, looking around the table and we're this, I think DJing, right now is still very male dominated, but we're still, we're seeing so many women that are, yeah. are cre- creating spaces for themselves and then bringing other women with them, which I just think is just incredible. And so I do think it is important because social justice is something that I really do believe in. I'm trying to continue to, to learn and grow. I identify as gay. And so there's, there's so many layers to, you know, I think humans. And so just making sure that that representation like is, is there because also if we have, I mean, could you imagine if I went, we went to a festival of 20 DJ spider sets, like over three days, (laughs) right? right? Like it, it would be amazing for like the first two hours, but then it would be the same thing for the next three days and that's what i think you know we're like our music community is missing out is like different perspectives different sounds different way to do things and that's why i think it's important that women are a part of those lineups are part of the nba are part of like the conversations and we just gotta keep keep taking care of each other yeah exactly and i think it's easy to forget or get back into a place of comfortability and not want to talk about things that might make people feel awkward and just how like everything from black lives matter to um 
you know, um, having more diversity in all different aspects of the music industry, DJing, sports, everything is important to talk about and also not just talk about, but actively practice what you preach in a way, because I think a lot of people are, it's easy to just go, okay, we talked about it or we did the donation or we did the thing, but, and then slowly go back into your old habits and be like, well, I just, I, you know, I I always hang out with guys. So that's who I'm going to think to have on the podcast or stuff like that. Like you can't do that, you know? And I even Mm -hmm. will have to check myself like, okay, you're just hitting up all your boys or something, you know, like you, I think it's important for people in all the industries to police themselves, not police, and that's not the best word, but you know what I mean? Like to be on top of it themselves to like be actively be the change within all of these things and not be afraid to talk about things that might make people feel awkward. Like you said, you identify as being gay and there's so many different like we're all human which is so important you know and we're all connected by by music which is amazing too which is such a cool sports and music are like the most human things right like everywhere in the world is that's what connects people and it's really cool Mm -hmm. you get to do both and sort of like combine it um so you're the you're the ultimate human connector is what you are (laughs) just Um, gotta add some food in there and it would be the perfect trifecta right well you're right and then you get the disney ice cream bar and jimmy butler so you got the (laughs) there you go but 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 yeah so i think it's important to just yeah talk about all of those things and almost acknowledge that humans are all different and that it's important to mix us all together to learn and keep progressing um, and have the different perspectives and the different DJs. I remember going to this Grammy party and, and seeing um, someone DJing. I didn't know who she was. And I was like, Oh man, like I should be DJing this party. Like it was one of those, like, you know, you're a DJ. And I was like, this is a dope party. Like I, I want, why I'm, I'm just here hanging out. I should be doing this. And then I listened to her for a little bit and she was dope and she was playing some stuff like I wouldn't have thought of. And then there was a lot more women there and they were, she was getting them to dance right away. Well, and I was like, I wouldn't have done a lot of this stuff, you know, and who knows if it's because she's a woman or not, but it just, you know, made me acknowledge that like, there's a different perspective, like you said, and there's, uh, everybody can learn from each other and everyone has something special to bring to the table. Uh, so yeah, it's just like, and that girl, women know how to make other women dance probably better than men some of the time <laughs> so we, we got like know. that nintendo cheat book that you used to get as a yeah, kid exactly. yeah exactly it was hard like whereas guys were like we got to make the ladies dance like where are the ladies at it's like oh wait now they're coming and they're djing and they're really good at it oh no okay we got well, you know I, but, I also think yeah. though that that is like a um one of the almost for lack of a better way to say it, but like the toxic things about our industry is like exact what you just said, we've all felt as DJs. We were like, why am I not yeah. DJing this? Like, and so it's right. hard because there's one DJ sometimes. Right. And so yeah. it's, it's hard to sometimes scoot over and make room at the table. But I have found that when that happens, when you open, and I know this might sound cheesy, but you open your mind and your heart, there's enough for all of us. And that's something that I have found too, is like, there's such beauty in, 
in that and realizing, you know, you learn your lane and what you're really good at and what, what you do and what you bring to the table. Again, it, it goes back to it, like making somebody's light brighter doesn't dim yours. And I think that's just, that's hard in the DJ industry when it feels very cutthroat sometimes, but and competitive. But again, I think there's space for everybody. And that's why I give kudos to you. Like when you reached out to me, I was like, spider wants me on his podcast. I was like, this is <laughs> so humbled and honored. And like, I just like, I'm very grateful for you. Like, again, thinking outside the box and, 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 and wanting like, to spend this time with me because it's not, it's not something that I take lightly. I think time as we've learned is so precious. So, and just little things like this, where you are allowing me to have a platform for your listeners to share my story. And maybe I spark one person that, you know, like you said, it makes a difference in their day. And and that's, then we did our jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and it's important. You're right. It's like, as DJs, we're kind of like, boxers or something it's like we're the only one in the ring and you know we're it, it's from a battle perspective and and all that stuff and i get it um but there is something we're in a different time now and there is something to being open to other people and looking at other people like i don't you know everybody can probably add something to your life if you just opened up a little <laughs> bit to it you know but i think it's hard mm -hmm. for people to think like that. And they think, oh, I either I know everything or I don't need them or I'm on this level. They're on that level. And, um, you know, I yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day say something. I don't know the exact quote, but it was something about like normalize, you know, helping other people no matter like not clout chasing not like worrying about the ladder and the stuff you're on you know just people you believe in um, no matter where they are in the social clout game or any of that stuff like that's that's where we've been and this this pandemic has been a reset in a lot of ways for a lot of people's careers and outlooks and maybe some people not um, but I think it's a good opportunity to rethink how you're approaching you know your business and and all that stuff um, i agree so um and so okay so so we, we you know i don't want to focus only on your bubble talk i kind of want to know like how did you get started like what was the beginning of your journey because it's so interesting like you said you've played basketball all the way up to a professional level and now you're up to a very professional level in DJing um, how did it all start for you I guess starting with the basketball and then getting into your musical influences and DJing thank you um so basketball I joke you know I came out of the womb with a basketball in my hands <laughs> and my poor mother I, I, I grew up I never had a hoop and so all I did was dribble and then when I was old enough to go to the parks I started playing and my brother is very different from me he is very much a business he's an entrepreneur and we would hustle kids man like we would just we would be out there and just go two on two and my brother he's going to hate that. He's not good at basketball. And so it was like, it was one of those things. Like he was kind of the businessman and it's like two on two. And then he'd like sit back and I ended up playing like one on two against these kids that would just roll through the playground. And my, I just, I feel like I got lucky. Um, I went to an incredible high school here in Milwaukee. We won three state championships. I got offered a full ride to play with basketball for the university of Wisconsin, Madison had an wow. incredible coach there. Believe in me. Um, 
my freshman year was one of the best seasons we've had in the program history. We were ranked fourth in the country. We went to the NCAA tournament. Just the the experience, like basketball really injected in me how I wanted to live my life, to be honest with you. It, so I ended up playing professional basketball overseas for a little while. And I think I would still play today if my body would let me. And I love, I just love the game. And so honestly, DJing happened as like a byproduct, as an accident, because through all of that story, I actually have never drank alcohol in my life, which sounds maybe kind of crazy to say, but yeah. that's how I got it. I got into Especially DJing. for a DJ. I mean, it's like, everyone's like, shot time. Here we go. Yeah. You know, even on Twitch, it's like endless. I'm like, how much can people drink? This is, are they having water or tequila? What's right. going on? <laughs> <laughs> so that, that is interesting to know, yeah. you know, so still to this day, you've never had a drink. I, I would be lying. I was born and raised Catholic, so I've had church wine, and I don't okay. ever want to. I would feel guilty um, that Catholic guilt, I guess, growing up Catholic, that I would. I, I don't want to withhold that from you, but yeah, I've okay. never um, purposefully like drank alcohol, I, like outside of again like church wine at communion, and I don't remember the last time I've had church wine at communion. I don't remember the last time I went to church, um, <laughs> but it is. Uh, it's like I said, it, it kind of happened after under grad when I was hanging out with my peers and I would identify as like, I am very introverted and I feel mm -hmm. like I'm a very much an introvert. I don't, I feel socially awkward. I, people, I didn't know what to do with my hands at bars and clubs and people would get uncomfortable if I didn't have something in my hands. And so, right. Of course. Right. I started hanging out with the guy that was DJing there and he had turntables and he was at the time records and I literally would just post up on the wall and I watched him. Now that's what I remember like week after week after week, just like watching him and we never spoke. And one day he looked up at me and he's like, are you a DJ? And I shook my head just like, no, again, like really very few words being exchanged. He like did some sort of beat juggle transition, like came back to some really cool first song. And I was like, yeah. And he, do you want to be a DJ? And I was like, no, he's like, well, call me when you get two turntables and a mixer. And I called him the next day. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, it was one of the coolest, it, like old school ways without knowing it that I like went into this internship, like an apprenticeship, like learning yeah. how to DJ. I learned, I learned everything from his name is DJ rock D and, um, a, like a guy here in Milwaukee in the hip hop scene. And he just like took me under his wing and he didn't have to. And I didn't realize how like priceless that was for two years just on Saturday nights. And then whenever I could go to like his house, he had like his upstairs attic, you know, like his turntables were set up and he would just te teach me for hours on how to beat match, like on vinyl, like, like that's how I learned was like actual records. Yeah. And it was like, I remember just felt like I was banging my head against the wall until like one day it just finally clicked. Like it just kind of like, Oh all yeah. Made sense. Yeah. And so that was it. That's kind of how it started. And while throughout my like professional basketball career, I did it for fun throughout grad school. I just did it for fun because the money was great. And I remember like, um, DJs in other cities and overseas with like, I, I, there's like stuff, you know, that kind of like always like sticks with you. And one yeah. DJ, I asked him, I was like, how come I can't get here on like Saturday night? Like I'm doing this other stuff. And he was like, cause you're trash. He's like, you don't even like, he said, he said something to me, like he don't even mix on the right like count. And I like, didn't know what that meant at the time. And it was just so interesting to me. Like he was just so blunt and like straightforward. And he probably was right. Cause I was trash. And like, I just <laughs> like, I didn't, I, Again, like, I, like I had Rock D for two years, but it was 
like it was one of those things that like I feel like I still am recognizing things he learned I learned from him at that time. And right. so um as my basketball career continued, like again, I, I got to DJ for fun, like in Holland when I pl- I lived and played over there. And so like that was a cool experience just to like yeah jump up in the booth again because I was out with my teammates and like in the men's team and didn't know what to do with my hands because I wasn't drinking. So I by my little limited Dutch skills, I went and talked to the DJ and he's like, have at it. And like it just <laughs> like it was awesome. And then that's great. Thanks. So when my basketball career was over, I came home and I was in Milwaukee and I was still sort of training to play basketball with hopes that like something might happen. And to be honest, like DJing was easy at, from a job standpoint because it wasn't necessarily a commitment. It wasn't like I'm going in for this interview to have this job. And then I have to give you like a two weeks notice necessarily. They all understood. I was still trying to become a play basketball. And so that turned into about four five years of DJing what I would say like four to six nights a week in bars and clubs throughout Milwaukee, which um, then just continued to evolve and you got put, kept putting hours in by default. I hit 10,000 hours and I started in live entertainment. Now I think five years ago. So I think I've been DJing for like 17 years, but I would say seriously, you know, for about 10 to 11. So thank, thank so goodness cool. I didn't drink alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then people drink in milwaukee like i've come Oof. i used to come dj at a 720 all the 720. time with, uh, oh, tony, me, I know. shout to tony scoofus and uh everybody out I love there tony. oh he's the best <laughs> ever i love he him is. and um so many great i mean honestly i've met some of the greatest people in milwaukee like such great humans and like had the greatest you know time but they do like to drink uh i've had mm-hmm. to fake a few shots because i'm like i'm not gonna be able to make it to the airport at this point if they're gonna <laughs> keep having me drink and eat you know which is i love Oof. to do too but uh, yeah. a lot of good food in milwaukee and just great people so like nice almost to the point where i thought it was like a joke people were like inviting me to their <laughs> house and being so nice to me i'm like what's happening like am i being set up right now um but yeah that that's that's so cool that's a that's an amazing story and then how did you then get into uh you know DJing in the basketball world and live entertainment like you said honestly um i was i think this so i i want i'm always careful with how i i say this and i think i felt I was hustling when I was like in bars and clubs. I felt um, right. like he talked about with, and not being meaning no disrespect to, to anybody, but it just, it felt like I was like, I got really stagnant and it was yeah. to me, it felt like the same people in a different bar or club, just a different night, the same music. And it was, I was like, there just has to be something more. And that's when to be honest i kind of used social media to my advantage and i started following djs that were doing things that i wanted to do and like i talked about basketball really instilled like i want to i want to travel i want to meet new people i want to eat great food i want to see different places right and i was i I didn't know necessarily how to go about doing that but i started actually following dj ruche with the lakers 
and he is the um, pro volleyball tour DJ as well. And I was like, this is cool. Like he's in Hawaii this week and now he's going to go to, he's going to come to Chicago in three weeks. And then he's going to go to Florida. Like he's like, it's just kind of cool. And he gets to like, be a part of again, like a sport he loves and he's an incredibly talented DJ and producer. And I just was watching from afar. Coincidentally, he has since become one of my like best dear friends and peers and mentors ever. But it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, so there's something else out there. There's like, there's just something more. And so I started hounding the coach at the time for Marquette women's basketball. And ironically, we played against each other in college. And I told her, her name's Caroline Keeger. I was like, I said, Keegs, you need a DJ. I was like, the Bucks have a DJ. I was like, there's a DJ here. There's a DJ there. I was like, your team needs a DJ. Women's basketball Marquette needs a DJ. And then that took two years. And in two years, it finally, like, she's like, all right, we got it done. As you know, like it just takes time sometimes to like get stuff done. And timing is like always sometimes like luck of the chance. And so it happened. And coincidentally that year, Marquette also hosted their conference tournament. So the big East tournament was here in Milwaukee for the, for women's basketball. And as I was sitting there, I was thinking, I was like, all right, so I'm here at Marquette. And we're hosting all of these teams. There's got to be, you know, I know there's, there's power five. So there's, there's four other huge conferences amongst all the other conferences. So again, like I'm going through this 333 collegiate basketball teams and they're all going to go to that tournament that we talked about earlier that we started the conversation. I was like, who's DJing that? So talk about like going back to your Grammy party. I was like, who's that? And I want to be that person. Uh, Right. So I asked around, I asked everybody that I knew at Marquette. I was like, do you know anybody with the final four? Like, can we just try to find out like anything? And everybody kind of came back empty and spider. I know you're not necessarily like in the sports world, but trying to get a phone number to call the NCAA is probably one of the craziest things in the entire world. And somehow I found found a phone number. I left a rambling voicemail. And a couple days later, someone called me back and said, if you can get to Dallas in now two weeks, and find a place to stay, we got stuff you could DJ for. And I did. And that's how my relationship with the Final Four started. I cold called the NCAA. And <laughs> uh, and like so like they keep asking me back. And so things just continued to snowball from there. I got to go back to Wisconsin where I DJed so at my alma, alma mater for yeah. football, men's and women's basketball, which was just incredible to be a part of that again. And then um Things with the Bucks continued to just kind of grow and grow. And so I'm in my second season as our official DJ and producer. And this year, again, has just been so surreal that I, I just am so grateful for. So that's kind of how it all happened. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Like, lesson to everyone out there. Like, just put it out there what you want to do. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Cold call the random phone number. You never know what's yeah. going to happen. Your friends might tell you it's stupid and ridiculous, and they could be right or wrong. Who cares? Just do it. You know. I yeah. think that's that's such a great lesson. That's something we've heard on this podcast through so many people that wanted to be in radio or wanted to be in so many different aspects that, uh, of the business. They would just put themselves out there and also be available for the opportunity, um, was just Mm -hmm. being there. You know, even I remember talking to Morgan page, you know, big EDM producer. And he, he had a whole story about just being there and being available and showing up. And, and like that, if you get that situation, like, um, I had a same kind of thing, like DJ AM's manager was like, you know, if he couldn't do a, a gig, would you, 
be available to do it. I'm like, of course, that's like my dream come <laughs> right. true. That's like what? And um, they called me similar kind of thing. Like, hey, there's an absolute vodka thing going on in Dallas, a private event. He can't do it. Uh, can you go do it for him? I'm like, yeah, when is it? They're like, tonight, go to Dallas right now. I'm like, what are you talking, what? And I had, it was like a similar kind of thing. I literally just drove to the airport and did like that old school method of like walking up <laughs> to the counter card. and being like, hi, I want to buy a plane ticket. Like I was in the 1950s, you know what I mean? And the people are like, what? Is this like are we, a joke? I'm like, no, I, someone just told me I have to go to Dallas, you know? And it wasn't like, there wasn't like apps and all that stuff, you know? So um, I just did it. But just being there. And then that led to so many things. It was unbelievable, unbelievable because I did good. That led to me doing more gigs for them. I met people there that then I got booked at these Dallas nightclubs for years and years after that. I became friends with these people. They do big events everywhere. So, you know, you just got to put yourself out there and, um, you know, not be afraid to fail and just like put it in the universe what you want to happen and it sounds so cliche but it's the truth i think you're that's a prime example exactly that story you just told it is thank you and i think too you know i think it's with to put it out there but then you have to put action behind it you know like you said like you, and so you showing up to dallas look at what that that did for you and that's the same thing ironically for me showing up in dallas for the women's final four what that had done and so yeah um yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure we could go down a whole rabbit hole on 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 stories on showing up and and saying if you need this, this, and this. You know, I've been we have the world's largest music festivals literally in my backyard with Summerfest, and right. I I have had a relationship with them for four years, and last year was the first year like I got uh, like a main stage act, I got to open for Lizzo, and so it was just one of those things. It was like you just got to keep showing up, and like you said, you do a good job, and um. I think that's so much for me of the industry that people don't talk about is like, you're a phenomenal DJ, but you have also the, the business like acumen as well that comes with it. Then the professionalism. Right. And, and like you said, it's, I think those are things like this is, there's so much more than just being able to play music at the right time for people and being able to read a room. There's so much more that goes into it that then provides yeah. those opportunities. And that's, that's just something that's fun is like, to set a goal and then all of a sudden you see it come to life, whether it's in a week or three years from now, but it's just, it takes time, but you do, I like it. You got to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep showing up and, um, and, and there's all those extra things. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone that's in a totally different business. You know, he runs a boutique advertising agency and he was trying to get a new account and I was just, we were comparing, how that relates to all industries and how as a DJ, even like if I want a new account or a new gig, yeah, like there's so many aspects to it. You have to develop these relationships and um, nothing just happens instantaneously, you know, and, <laughs> and, and social media makes it look like that and it makes us very, oh, I'm comparing myself, but I'm almost... Um, imitating and which is fine like when i first started making music and different things i would imitate my favorite people but over time you need to start developing your own uh perspective and your own sound and mm -hmm. i think that um you mentioned earlier every it would suck to have this festival of the same 20 of the same <laughs> dj you everybody 
has their own specific sound and and is special in their own way and can bring something special to the table and it's hard to remember that when you're in this social media world of comparison but i think it's important to kind of use the other things as inspiration but continue to remind yourself like you're different you're special for some reason and maybe you haven't even found it yet but keep experimenting because it's there, there's a you know there's there's a reason why you're you're you and you're going to bring something different to the table and it's you could try to imitate the other person but it just wouldn't there'd be no longevity to it and i don't think you'd feel good inside as a person after a while because it's not authentic and that's yeah. that's that's 100% it you, you know like every day i feel grateful to wake up and be me and i don't I, again, you don't have to fake it. I don't have to try to be somebody else. I don't have to see did did so and so post so I know what to say today or how to act or right. how to dress or how to sound. And so that's what's fun, I think, about like when you start to get a little confidence or even when you can just be yourself. Like you said, I think it's so tricky because we're in this world of where we want to impress people and we, you know, we want to succeed and we want to be seen and we want to do well, but. I think that might be one of the keys is like, you just, you have to be yourself and be authentically you. And I think when you look at all the greats, you look at AM, you look at a track, you look at yourself, you look at, I mean, we can go on and on and on. You are all so talented, but you're yourself. And I think that's, you know, what is in the beauty of it all. And that's what I think is, is exciting about, you know, grow. Yeah. Well, you cut out for a sec, but you said that's what's exciting about what? Growing, I think. You yeah. Know, like le- yeah. learning. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's all it's all growing. I mean, we've grown so much, like just this year alone. I mean, it's been insane, you know, and it's something that we've had to talk about on this show is just like resilience. And I think that resilience is something that you deal have to deal with a lot as an athlete because it's mm-hmm. the epitome of fall down and get back up or miss so many shots and make so many shots you know and same with in the DJ world um have have you had to deal with a lot of moments of resilience or has this year taught you um some lessons about resilience or about yourself just having to deal with the pandemic and being a DJ within all of that I think absolutely. I I think even for as much as I acknowledge the opportunities that I was given to DJ in real life, I was right there with everybody trying to figure out how do we, how do we stay relevant? Like we like to make, I like to make people happy. I don't want to speak for other DJs, but I love to play music for people. Um, I love music myself, but I DJ to play music for other people. I don't DJ for myself that I turn spot for myself you know like and so um i love to make people happy and i like that part of my lane is bringing joy and happiness to people and so try to dj on instagram live try to dj on facebook live you know like try all these things until you found twitch finally you know and learned obs and like learned a whole new program and learned how to produce your own really shitty show like in my living room you know like (laughs) yeah and get the cam link and like get all this thing like hooked up and like learn this whole other part that like has never been relevant or needed or necessary before. Yeah. Um, 
So I was right there with everybody and I loved it for the, you know, 11 people would show up in my streams and I, I, I'm fine with it. Like I it didn't matter to me right. because it was again, the joy and happiness for the people that were showing up and it made me feel alive again. And, and I think, like you said, when the pandemic hit, I was actually getting ready for a bucks game that Thursday. So like the pandemic had hit kind of hit before that, but I, you look at it and think the NBA really sort of set the precedent. It was a Wednesday in March. Yeah. And there was a game on my TV and I was literally sitting right here getting ready for the Bucks. We're going to play the Boston Celtics. And I don't remember details like this normally. And all of a sudden Twitter, it was like the, like our world stopped and the NBA, like it stopped. And I remember then the next thing was like, well, what do I do now? You know, like we're done for like the foreseeable future. And so like, what am I supposed to do? Which I'm sure so many of us, felt and said and thought and you know i think there was a gut check numerous times like is this what i'm supposed to be doing like do i have to go and like sell insurance like do i need to become a bank like i don't know and so i do think like learning like how bad i wanted this was also really important for me and i feel very grateful again to just to have had the opportunities but it's like yeah this is what i'm supposed to be doing this is it yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it. And, and we all went through that no matter who the DJ was, everyone was having the same thoughts like that and still probably are. I mean, we're going through so many crazy things and honestly, thank God for Twitch. It's given DJs a place to learn, connect with each other, be able to have the outlet to DJ and even to make money. Like you said, yep. Oh, you had 11 people, but I was I think I read on one of the people that work at Twitch's uh, Twitter today, and I, hopefully I don't get the numbers wrong, but it was something like uh, Twitch is becoming a great place for musicians and DJs and you know different people in the music industry to make money, and that it's not always about having 10,000 viewers or followers that the median, I think they were saying the median thing for people making $50,000 a year on Twitch right now have an average watch count of like 183 people or something in their stream. Like it's not that much, you know, like, yes, I mean, that's a good amount and I'm happy to have 183 people watching me. Um, but if you could make pretty good money, um, just, you know, not having, the biggest, you know, audience on your mm-hmm. thing, which I think is really cool. And um I see Twitch putting more time and energy into the musicians and the creators and investing in that. And I hope that it continues in that respect. And I think this could be something that DJs can use as well as not instead of. I think it, it became this mm-hmm. like instead of like, well, wh- what are you going to do? Are you going to go back to Twitch? Are you going to go back to the club? Are you going to go back? Just do it all. Now you have this new thing that you can do on the side, you know, like, and make money and, and DJ for people all over the world. And, and who that knows part. what that could lead to. So why would you not do that as well? You don't need to do it every day of your life unless you want to, but, um, yeah, I mean, because even you, you you were one of the DJs that continued to work and were doing some amazing dream type gigs of being in the bubble and the all-star game and all of this amazing, cool stuff. But you were still putting the time into doing Twitch and, and learning it and putting the shows out. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, and that's what I think is incredible to learn. Like you said, I don't think it's going to be an either or. I think, you know, if, if again, you're interested, I think it's something that, especially bars and clubs, like think that you just said it, like think of the audience you can reach that I, I've like somehow people who love the bucks found me on Twitch. And there's like, like a kid that would show up from Belize every day that I never have gotten to DJ for before Twitch. Right. Like that to me is so beautiful. And That's it's amazing. Just, yeah. It's just the, and it's, it's, um, you never know, you know, who again is going to, accidentally find you who's going to show up and you just you know i think that's the beauty of it and I, I i'm very grateful for twitch and the dj community there and and how it's evolved and grown and to be honest too i think i'm excited what mixcloud is going to do as well um yeah you know i think they're you know twitch was already ready because they were already streaming mostly gamers so like they was there but i'm curious to see because i like you said i think people would be remiss if they didn't look at the numbers and like what could happen um in a space where you allow creatives and music to be played um legally you know yeah and, and that's out. so i think that's it's a, it's really cool i'm excited to see what happens yeah me too i mean i think it's all just developing and i think a lot of these companies and uh people involved weren't anticipating any of this you know so they've either had to like jump into it or go oh wait a bunch of djs just infiltrated our gaming platform like what are we supposed to do like do we shut them down or do we embrace them and try to work with them and figure out how to make this happen which it that's what it seems like twitch is doing while we saw like facebook and instagram and them were like get out of here you know it was like we right. were like ants like infiltrating like the cupboard of you know sugar cereal and they're like kill them get out you know and like and twitch and mixed out they're like come on in you know like build your anthill we're ready to right. <laughs> we're ready to have you guys bring in all the yeah. rest of the ants that are gonna watch you yeah right. it's, it's a crazy you know <laughs> yeah love it it's like a yeah. crazy thing we're ants uh, but yeah <laughs> never thought about like that but that just yeah, popped in my head perfect i love it uh, yeah so and so what are some other obstacles that you faced coming up you know in in any of this from basketball to djing um at, and and you know it could be personally like you said um anything that's personal to you what are some obstacles that you've had to face and that you've learned from I think I'll be very honest. Um, it's making sure I'm taking care of myself. And so I never want this to come across again as ungrateful, but this year has been a, a lot for me and it's been a lot right. for everybody in different ways, yeah. but it hasn't stopped for me. Like work-wise, you know, we went to the bubble. Right. I came home, we started this NBA season. This NBA season is different from any other NBA season. Like the, we had a game, we had, I think 11 games in 14 days. And I went to the all-star game then. So I was in Atlanta working for five or six days and came back and then right back into the NBA schedule and then um, went to the women's final four where I was working for five days. And wow. so it's just, it's just kind of been thankfully while being really grateful nonstop, but it just sometimes feels um like taking care of myself as if I want to continue to keep going and growing, staying healthy and making sure I'm eating well and sleeping well and, and making sure I take care of all the stuff that, you know, takes care of me so that I can do this has really been a priority and trying to get back to that. Um, because I think, you know, we all get lost in that 
get that grind of well i need to finish like this song so that we can you know like put it out for this this promo that we're doing tomorrow whatever it might be right. so you know we're getting ready for this game or trying to to pack go here and so again very very grateful but it just hasn't stopped and so making sure i take care of my my mental health as well as like my physical health i think has definitely been a priority because if this year has really taught me anything it's that time is really precious and that our health is something that is just priceless to be able to to breathe you know and stay healthy like that's that's something we just i want to make sure i control as much as i can within my own control Right. And like, what are some of the, um, mental health things or even physical health things that have helped you? Cause it's nice to know from other people. Sometimes we're stuck in our house, especially now, like, I don't know what right. to do or people like go to therapy, but like, it's not always that easy. You know, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, it seems like, no, right, no, same. Not that easy. Yeah. no, yeah. I agree. Right. Um, I think for me, um, I have, there's like this, this, burning if you will like inside of me to grow that i'm not very good with complacency and what i have found that like fulfills that is when i meditate even if it's for five minutes i have an app i i love headspace to be honest like i pay for headspace and so i think it's like a 100 bucks a year it's on my phone it's simple when i have a hard time falling asleep at night there's like a sleep one i love i wake up in the morning they're like whatever pack i'm on i listen like i can set it five minutes 20 minutes like i just even that five minutes it just without any other distraction even if i just even if it's a quote like bad meditation like if i'm distracted but i'm not doing anything else i feel better already um so that is one of my favorite ways to start my day i love to be honest for as much work as sometimes it is is like to eat well and for me that's you know lots of fruits and veggies and then just like just enjoy food um and I love to read and I love to grow. And so whether, I, or even like, you know, watching masterclass or, or watching, we were talking about ill mind, like on Twitch, like on how to produce or um, like where I can feel like I can learn something and get better where I'm not just like organizing my crates, you know, and right. like doing the same thing constantly. And so for me, that has been as well as working out. So when I, you know, I, I'm pointing to my living room over here, which I live in like a one bedroom condo in downtown Milwaukee. That's I think 660 square feet. So it's small, you know, with all the DJ equipment and yeah. then like trying to live. So like, right, right. Like this is like my office. And so my workout room is right next to my DJ room, which yeah. is one room. And so like, I have, you know, like a 10 by 10 space over here where I was working out in for months. And then, um, my brother built a garage gym and so to go somewhere else and like lift weights and squat for me that just makes me happy it's something that like i call that's my church now you know i throw music and and listen to whatever it is whether it's a mix of a friend of mine or just find a random spotify station those are the things that make me feel alive and then i find like i have so much more energy for like all the work stuff that then the rest of the day brings but yeah that that works for me That's great. I know. I I try to tell people that don't meditate that like meditation is almost working out for your brain. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at it like that, it's different because people are like, I can't do that. I can't, I'm too distracted or this and that. But I'm like the same thing when you're, you don't want to work out, you'll think of reasons not to do it or it's too hard (laughs) or you can't lift up that thing. You, you have to 
practice and do it and it and it will help you in the same way mentally that the physically that physical workout will 100% and that i i I am trying to hold myself more accountable, like you're saying. And that's, I think something I try to stick to is just get 1% better every day, which seems like such a small goal. It's just 1% better today. And I love the the concept of like crossing off, like at the end of the day, like, did you get 1% better? And if you did cross it off and like, let's try to get 80% of this month. Like that's the goals. Try to stick to like that 80, 20 rules, like 80%. I crushed it hundred, you know, I, I got, I, for that day, I was like at a hundred percent and those other 20% yeah. of the days. So we're, we're humans and we have to give ourselves some grace period. But I also think that right. like, when you take care of yourself, that's then when you just feel like all these other opportunities sort of like kind of happen. And I don't know how, how that's, that's correlated, but I just feel like sometimes when you let go, you know, I think more somehow comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and being, not so hard on yourself, like obviously being disciplined and hard on yourself in the same way you've become a great DJ and athlete, but also not being so hard on yourself to the point where it's detrimental, you know, and you're, mm-hmm. you give yourself that leeway, like, and you acknowledge the good things that have happened and almost how people write down what they're grateful for and things like that. You, it's, it seems like common sense, but those type of things help and can really improve your mental well-being and, and your drive and your motivation and, and combat the like, should I be doing this or indecisiveness type stuff? 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm I, like, again, the athlete in me is like, there's always got to be progress. And sometimes yeah. that means taking a day off and that is, you know, progress. Right. But yeah, I never have been in like the, the hustle. Like I sleep four hours a day. Like I love sleep. I just, I, I need sleep. I'm like a toddler. <laughs> and so like I were, I function better when I sleep and I'm happier and more enjoyable be, to be around. So my friends and family, they're like, you need some sleep, bro. Like, so <laughs> I know. I'm, yeah. So I think it's important, you know, balance. And I think that's such a, it's almost an art and, you know, you just constantly are learning. I've definitely not perfected it, but just trying to always get better. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned, um, the festival you got to open for Lizzo. That sounds pretty amazing. Um, how long was your set? What was it like? What did you play? I mean, how was that experience? It was, oh, I, I mean, I'll have to share my YouTube video with you. We had, we had videographers there. So one of the cooler things about Milwaukee that I don't know that you would see, like when you came to DJ here is on, it depends on how you got into the city from the airport, but when you drive in, there's one way like from the airport that's right on the lake and it, we have a dedicated festival grounds and that's called Summerfest. So it is, it's technically the world's largest music festival. And, um, but the cool part about that, and I'll get to your question is because of that, all our other festivals. So like our festival season normally kicks off with pride fest, um, which was just amazing. So we have like a dedicated dance pavilion that like, they just like the production is just out of this world and it's just, it's incredible. So being a part of Milwaukee pride fest and having like headline that just means the world to me. Yeah. I was um, going to say you, you headlined that as, as well. Yeah. There's honestly, you've done so many things that I'm like, I don't, I'm trying not to leave it out, but, uh, no, You've got a pretty imp- impressive resume at this point. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's so cool too. So and and you and that's a, a cause that's close to your heart, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, so I mean, that's so cool. You know, if you want to tell any stories about that as well. But yeah, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, keep going. <laughs> I love it. So um, 
I mean, to be so uh, you, we can bring it back to talking about um, women being a part of the lineup. I am the fifth female DJ in Milwaukee Pride Fest history to ever have headlines. So normally it's that um, we've recently expanded. So it was now it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. It used to only be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but now it's um, four nights. So you look at that like over the years and for us to have only have had five female DJs headline. It's something that I'm really proud to be a part of. And, yeah. and like I said, it's a, it's an incredible opportunity. It's an incredible festival. It's an incredible community. Like you said, I'm a part of it. And whether you're a, like an ally or you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, it's just, it's one of the coolest things because it is the epitome of like, just come, you love, like it, there's just so much love and in, in the, in like, and yeah. it's just such a cool space to be. And so Summerfest opens that essentially every weekend of our normal summers, we have a different festival. So Pride Fest, we have Polish Fest, Festa Italiana, like it just, it goes on and on. And then Summerfest in the middle of the summer. And as I had mentioned, I, I'm a pretty cool working relationship with Summerfest. I'd done like opening ceremonies for them, closing ceremonies. And um, finally I got like the opportunity to open for Lizzo and I just, I, it was at the pinnacle too. So I, I try to describe this to people who don't understand Summerfest. So you pay like, I don't know, less than 25 bucks for a general admission ticket to get in for the day. Right. And there are, I believe I want to say 11, but it might be 14, like quote free stages. So that general admission ticket gets you in the door and you can walk around and you could listen to Lizzo. You could listen to Nelly, Red Hot right. Chili Peppers, the Allman Brothers, like it's like a, a, all over the board. And then Crazy. we have two, we have an amphitheater and then another pavilion that are like ticketed events. So there's like a ticket, if you will, like a normal concert. Um, that's where I got to see Steve Aoki was in our, like on 4th of July. Like it was one of the coolest shows, Timmy Trumpets, yeah. like one of the coolest, coolest, like events that I got to see. Nice. But so Lizzo was on a free stage and this was, like I said, the year that she was just like at the top and somehow Summerfest got her locked into this free stage, which like capacity is 10,000. If you have like people slammed in there standing, you know, got it, but to face. And so it was slammed. <laughs> wow. it, yeah. it was just slammed. And, um, well, I'll have to, again, share the YouTube video with you, but it was one of those most surreal moments for me because I went into this, like, opening for Lizzo. Like I looked at it like opening for a DJ. I was like, this is not my show. This is her show. I'm here to make sure like these people had gone through a horrific day of weather, um, like downpour thunder lightning. And they're just waiting. Cause it's free. Your ticket. It, it's not <laughs> right. You don't have a seat. Yeah. And, um, I came out and they were like chanting my name and it was one of the coolest, I think moments for Amazing. me as a DJ. So humbling. And I honestly spider, like I played everything. We played, you know, Missy Elliott and Rihanna and Beyonce to joyful, joyful from sister act and Whitney Houston. <laughs> yes. And like, it was like, I literally, I think I had an hour and a half, like before another band came on and then they threw me on without really any, heads up before Lizzo again. And I just kind of like threw it together and we just had, we had a blast and then Lizzo came out and crushed it. And so it's, it's again, it's up there in, in one of my like favorite DJ moments, like as an actual DJ, you know, like I've had cool opportunities as the Bucks DJ, but when it comes to like stuff that I've done, um, 
like as a DJ, that's, that's definitely up there. Yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> and then, you know, not like so and, and you know how to hype up crowds. I mean, that's what you do uh in your sports, you know, capacity as the DJ like so when there's not a crowd like over this past year in the bubble or even in the I don't know how many people are allowed to come to the games in Milwaukee and stuff at this point, but um are you like you're playing for the players a lot? Like what are some of the songs like what is Giannis like to hear? Like, what are some of the specific things that, that you play for the players, you know, to hype them up and, and keep the energy going just as a whole in, during the game? So thank you. It's, it's a very thoughtful question because the bubble is very different from this season. And then as the season has evolved, we are at 18% capacity, which is like 3,600 people. And right. so our quote show has changed as people have allowed, been allowed to be, to come into the building. So when we started this season, it was just the players. It was, uh, you know, whatever the guys wanted to hear. Giannis loves Afro beats. He loves oh, Burner dope. Boy. His nice. other brother um, produces music. I, think, I don't know where he lives, but um, I think I would pronounce his name Ophili, O-F-I-L-I. And I would say it's like in the Afro beat, like hip hop sort of like genres. Um, nice. But, like Jan, like I said, like Giannis's stinger is a biggie song. It's notorious. And so what I have really grown to love about our team and what I also learned in the bubble is that these guys also are humans and they just don't fit into a box of like, this is the type of music they like. Right. Um, of course. And that's where I have a lot of fun is, yeah. you know, going back old school sometimes, you know, and then I joked about the bubble was a lot of all the babies. It was every, you know, like little baby, the baby, like we had all the babies in the bubble. Um, baby medley, all, any, all any song with baby. And baby <laughs> yeah. And drink, like, honestly, like, and so it's just, I love making them happy. I love playing music. We have um, Axel Tupain on the roster right now, and he's French, and um, Mama D speaks French. And so, like, we have such a diverse team, which I love as a DJ because I love finding music that makes them happy that's not typical on what you're going to hear. That when they're out there, it kind of, you know, like literally maybe hits home a little bit harder for them. So I have, yeah. I have a lot of fun with that. That's so cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sure you learn something with all the new players and with every week that goes by. I'm sure you learn. It's like when I do private events, like they'll ask me to do things I've never done before. And at first I'm like, oh God, okay. But that's the challenge that makes it fun. And then when I'm able mm -hmm. to execute it and people, how do you know about this? Or wow, where'd you find this? It's like, Yes, I get to tap into my special power and help you guys with your special power in a way. I love that. Yeah, I mean you're yeah. the you're you're feeding their their power, you know, giving them the <laughs> yeah. extra like fuel for it. So that's so cool. Thank you. Um, and what about like you also do a million other things? Like I was looking into <laughs> you know you, you you've also been on like a lot of podcasts. Like I tried because sometimes I'll look up the guests. Like oh, have they been on other podcasts? And I was like. Oh my God, she's been on so many podcasts. <laughs> so I only listened, I listened to a little piece of a couple of them, but I saw that it, it helped me learn that like you've done, I think you wrote a kid's book, you have a clothing line, you had your own podcast, um, you have your own um, dare to be movement, I guess, if you want to call it. Is that what, what, how you would classify it? Um, yeah. Do you want to <laughs> tell us about 
any of those things, you know, uh, yeah. before we get out of here, like just, uh, it doesn't have to be in super detail, but I'd love to know more about all that stuff. Even the kids book. That's so cool and, and interesting to me. Thank you. Um, so yes, I did. I, I do have my own podcast. I, to be very candid, um, when this, what I think is one of the most important social justice movements sort of happened when black lives matter movement has happened. I shut my podcast down in the middle okay. of the pandemic because I just didn't feel it was the right time or space. So it is something that I want to come back to. I would love to have you as a guest on the podcast and it's yeah, called let's Dare do to it. Be yeah, it's called Dare I'm to Be down. Conversations. And so this will kind of answer the Dare to Be um, question for you as well. But it really is to share your story to inspire somebody else listening. And that's it. Nice. Um, we talked about getting 1% better every day. And again, it's again, I love the like where it's just a free flowing conversation. I think you are an incredible listener. You're an incredible podcast host. And that's what makes you so successful. Uh, and I think, thanks. Yeah. No, I'm serious. <laughs> and so I think that is such a, a lost art is like actually listening and feeling heard. And I think that's really important and that to me is what dare to be conversations is about and um you talk about making sure that the you know your guests are diverse and and come from different walks of life that's something that i wanted to really make sure that i was executing when i come back to it um and so i'm excited for that and, and again yeah. oh, i'm gonna ha i'm gonna have you on you're gonna okay, you're gonna be I'm a guest on. i'm yeah, i'm so. i'm i'm, I'm ready <laughs> So that answers like what dare to be is dare to be was yeah. I wanted something that was bigger than me as a DJ. And so kind of right. knowing that I'm not going to DJ for the rest of my life. Um, and whether that is motivational speaking or the clothing line or whatever it may evolve into dare to be. I wanted that to be bigger than quote DJ Shauna. Yeah. And everything sort of falls under that. And again, it's to inspire you to be your best self. I left it open-ended. So dare to be blank or it could just be dare to be, but for me personally, every day it changes, like dare to be courageous, dare, dare to be strong, dare to be bold, dare to be like outspoken, whatever you need to be at that moment or that day. I, I, um, from a marketing standpoint at, at the time, it was like the, the Amex commercials. Like I blink with my Amex or I blink in my Calvin's like Calvin Klein was doing that too. And so yeah, it's kind of yeah. where I got the concept from. But under that then is, is my kid's book. And I wrote a kid's book and it's called the adventures of Bob and Milwaukee downtown. And it's about our family dog, unfortunately. So Bob has since passed away, but Bob was oh, a girl. Sorry. It's okay. okay. <laughs> um, she lived a wonderful life. And so honestly, this was probably the favorite thing I've ever done. Um, outside of, nope, this is my favorite. Um, it started, um, as an accident and my stepdad, um, was diagnosed and passed away from stage four terminal cancer within five months. So probably, oh, I think wow. like a little over three years ago. And so I started helping my mom, like walk the dog and help around the house and started taking pictures of Bob on my phone. And then was thinking like, what if I did a poster of all the pictures of Bob? Like, you know how cool Milwaukee is. And so we have like all these cool buildings and sculptures and, Honestly, it's the epitome. It just snowballed into a book. And so it's a kid's book and all the proceeds go to a nonprofit here in Milwaukee called Key to Change, which is to help our chronically homeless families and individuals um, in honor of my late stepfather, Joe, and his and my mom's name. And so it's probably my the favorite thing I've ever done. Um, it's weird That's to great. say I've created and authored a kid's book, but thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see like what kind of comes next because once you do one, you're like, all right, like this is, 
it was a lot of work, but, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. That's great. That's inspirational. And did you publish it yourself or did you find someone to help you publish it? So originally it was, it's, it was self-published. And, um, so I learned a lot about like that whole process. And then for the first run, it was, it was all again, like I said, like self-published, I have all the books here. So it's like one of the things of my merch that like I personally handship everything else to be honest is kind of drop ship but um this was really cool from a standpoint i had originally somehow found then um a local publishing company like reached out and we collaborated and so now the adventures of bob has an official isbn number which was really cool to get so it's like it has a a barcode which kind of like legitimizes it and so it's also on amazon as well which is kind of cool so um so it is officially published and it, it was like so through cool. a local pu- publishing and printing company. Yeah. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank um, you. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I have like, I'm looking at my list of things I wanted to talk about. There's like a billion of them, but um, I don't want to keep you too long, but something that um, someone you mentioned earlier, Ruche uh, <laughs> yeah. brought up was uh something about you getting lebron james to dance to a sade song or what did he say exactly i screenshot that it, but it... i know he he did say i saw that tweet um <laughs> what's he talking about he's ta- i'm gonna i'll have to send you the video too so okay please. And, and again um we were in the bubble so it was finishing the 2020 season and the lakers had just beaten the trailblazers was in round one of the playoffs and I was DJing that game and LeBron was finishing up with his on-court interview. And so again, DJing for like in-game entertainment is so different from, from real life, like DJing bars and clubs where like, we just put it on, you know, we turn it up, we leave it there or the show it's done. So like, again, this is, this is LeBron's world. And so the music's down. So we're just playing like a bed, right? Like it's just very, very low. And I didn't know how this was going to go, but I had, I knew that he loves smooth operator and he finished his interview and AD was, so we had like, there were two different cameras and again, camera crews weren't allowed on court. So, but LeBron finished his interview and AD was kind of off to the side, still finishing his. And then the Lakers, videographer who has since become a friend of mine rohan was like right in the tunnel waiting for these guys to walk back to the locker room and so lebron takes his headphones off from his interview and i turn up smooth operator and he starts (laughs) just he he has a dance he did like this whole like i don't know if he just did it on the spot like i don't know where this man like created this i would love to have a conversation with him about it that's amazing but it went viral And, um, it was really, really cool because again, I love to make people happy. And so, um, whether it's LeBron or the seven-year-old that comes to the Bucks games, like I want to make them happy, but a really cool moment to make LeBron James happy. And he danced and it actually even, I don't know who did it because LeBron, like a day or two later, it became an Instagram filter. Like they animated him doing the dance and like the laker girls did the same dance so like this thing it was just really cool again to be a part of it um it's amazing it was like so the laker girls like watched the video and choreographed to it and they did the same exact dance and so it was just kind of cool one of those things that like had you seen it like 
you know, like it, it might not mean anything, but to like kind of learn the layers to the story, it was, it was, it was cool. So it was, it was, it was an honor to be a part of like their championship season, especially because Ruche is such a dear friend of mine and to like DJ for them and to hopefully, you know, represent him well. And so I look forward to his LeBron viral moment someday because it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's going to happen. Yeah. I got to get, I got to get him on the podcast sometime yeah, too. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. hear his perspective <laughs> on things um yeah. that's so cool and Thank um you. and so like are there any um any other things that you've experienced that you would potentially change about the dj industry that or things that you think could be talked about more in our industry i like that question <laughs> and honestly i was thinking about the, and I don't necessarily know how to quite say it, but I think I, I often have a hard time because, again, who, I only know what I know. And so I'm never, again, knocking anybody, but I, I love music and I love to make people genuinely happy and i again i love to play music for people i don't play music necessarily for myself and so yeah. something that i have found in my own small way like in my own little corner here in milwaukee is trying to maybe break the stigma of the drugs and the alcohol that sometimes are associated with being a dj like the negative stuff that is a part of our culture um that's again is the antithesis of why i got into it um yeah and so i i, I i'm often intrigued intrigued with it and not saying that alcohol is bad and all drugs are are bad i'm not judging i know i'm very very quote i guess straight edge if you will but i just i think it is something to 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 have conversations about and i often wonder if that was a deterrent on how my career didn't necessarily grow in the bar and club industry it's 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 a hypothesis of mine um right. because i didn't drink because i wasn't um you know doing quote extracurriculars i was i was working that's what i yeah. knew and so it's something that i'm curious about that i i think about i love um kid cut up i don't know if you know him but um oh, he's, he's the best he was on he this is. podcast i'm, okay, I'm good, good friends with him and i'm awesome. a fan of yes. all of his musical work from his djing to his edits to his production to uh, he's down. great i love him he's I love one him. of the best he's a milwaukee one of the best. boy yeah, yeah i know i know great. so like i love that that and, that and like he doesn't drink either and so you know and um i'm a fan of cascade and so there are djs that i've found that like yo you're doing it but it's interesting to me that it's it's um again a minority minority group if you will right um and so i think that's something that i would like to to learn more about and maybe you know like delve into a little bit more but um I, right. I'm not saying that it's not impossible. It's just something that I think is is very prevalent in in our yeah. in our world. I mean, it, it's interesting because in a way, DJs have evolved to be salespeople. You know, like in a certain capacity. So, like our job when we're in a bar is to help sell the alcohol. Our job, if you're at a rave, I guess, is to maybe help the person selling the other things i don't know you know I'm, I'm that's very general but like 
in any respect, like when I get hired to do an art gallery, they probably want me to set a cool mood to help sell the art. Or if I'm doing a movie uh, Sundance premiere, they want to help me set a good mood to help them sell the movie to the thing. And, and all of it, in a way, is a sales thing, which is kind of the antithesis of why we all got into DJ like because we just love music and we want to make people happy um but the people that own the places want to make sure they make money they're like okay everyone's happy and they're hearing the music but how am I making money in this venue so either you got to sell tickets to the festival or one thing or another and I think that um yeah it's easy to generalize DJs as like one thing and it's all about partying and it is about partying but um in the business side of things we're helping to sell whatever Mm -hmm. it is you know and some people like Cascade probably are just going to sell tickets to a festival. Some people are, are, you know, I've been in a position in a bottle service club and helping sell the alcohol, I guess. So that's why it turns into that. And um, you're helping to sell the experience to have people want to buy more tickets to the games. And, um, you know, I've been, like we talked earlier about NFTs and and all of this new technology. And um, I've been exploring like these uh, things called the metaverse, like these virtual worlds and they're having DJs in there. I went and saw a DJ and he had Bootsy Collins with him virtually in there, but they were doing a live (laughs) DJ set and we were virtually in the place and in a way, and there was NFTs for sale around in the virtual thing. And you had like a virtual wallet with real money in it and you could go around and click the thing and buy it while you're listening to the DJ. And I'm like, damn, this is a new thing. Like, as DJs, we could be brought in to help sell the NFTs. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. um, it's a constantly evolving thing. So I think that maybe that's why DJs get so closely associated with alcohol and drugs, because we come from the parties and we come from, that's part of the business and all that. But as it's evolved, um, it's so different. And there's so many different facets of being a DJ. And it's not always about just getting as drunk as you can or partying or hooking up with girls or guys or whatever, you know, like there's more professional aspects to it. And, and my career has been crazy because I'll do everything from the most party thing to underground things to very corporate stuff. And, and I, I, you know, I've seen so many different sides of it and I'm constantly adjusting and trying to learn and to balance my own, keep it real. I love music. I got into this for music, you know, like I don't want to sell out, but at the same time I want to make money and support my son and my wife and my house and you know, all that stuff. So it's definitely a balancing act and it's an interesting thing that we could probably talk about for a long time. It would be cool to have a DJ round table of so many different types of DJs from all over the industry and, and get their perspectives on it. No, oh, and I love that. And you make a good point in regards to being like a sale, sales people, because I recognize I would not be who I am without alcohol, ironically, you know, and, and I, I, I recognize that. But I think for a while I hid like my DJing life, if you will, from my basketball life. And I kept it very separate because I, I didn't want people to make assumptions of me um, that I, that I wasn't, maybe those are my own insecurities or whatever that might be. But I, I totally, I I like that perspective. Like you said, like I'm, you know, when I'm working a bucks event, I'm at, you know, that's 
you know, hopefully that's adding value to the ticket, right? That you're you're paying yeah. for. And when they have a DJ at Victoria's Secret, you are selling something. Like you're creating a vibe there to sell something. Right. So that's a that's a cool way to look at it. And I appreciate that perspective. But I I, I love that there are DJs in other aspects, like you said, virtually or um it's not just always necessarily about like how how drunk you can get or the uh, yeah. or the other stuff. Because I think it is a part of it. And I recognize that. And I don't necessarily, you know, pretend to, to be naive to it, but it's just, it's sometimes, um, I, I sometimes feel like it can like kind of cloud a situation if you will. So, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Even with Twitch, mm-hmm. like, cause I'll do so many Vegas clubs or drinking is the culture and all the stuff. And so even if you don't want to drink, you're like, yeah, Hey, cheers. But on Twitch, it's funny how you've seen it come out because i don't want to drink on twitch i mean maybe i'll have a drink here and there but i don't love drinking especially alone in my house and on twitch i just like you said i'm approaching it from the standpoint of i love music i'm i i really got into djing to share music with people that was why i i was like i found all this stuff and i want to play it for you and i want to find like-minded people i didn't even think about the fact of any of the other parts of it you know in the business and the drinking and all the things and you know i didn't go to a club where you're supposed to get super drunk till like way later in my DJ career. And then I was like, Oh, everybody's like, that's the whole culture part of this, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely an interesting thing, but, um, you know, I think people like you show that other side of it. And, um, not that either side is not respectable. You could Mm -hmm. drink as much as you want, go and you could be the greatest. But I think that, um, yeah, DJs can sometimes get a, bad name or people like oh you're just a dj and like have a specific outlook on it but really there's a lot more to it you know and production i know you're doing your own music and you're like you said the way you the things you have to do at the bucks games are different than some of the other djs where you play the organ sounds sometimes they don't in atlanta or la like you have to produce a lot of the things for the games um as well so you know your job it consists of a lot of different moving parts that you have to be on point for too. You can't really be in there drinking 10 beers and doing all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen. I think as far as I know. Yeah. In, no, in, I don't, that would be not. very bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the time when the DJ should not, not drink. I don't think. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, um, I mean, before we get out of here, are there any other, important topics that maybe we missed that you want to speak on or anything that's that means something to you that you want to send a message out to other djs or other people listening i think honestly no thank you first of all well thank you for sharing your platform and again your time and and your energy this has been an incredible conversation and and if people have made it this far kudos (laughs) kudos kudos to them but i i love the idea of of not even, I think collaborating can be such time, a daunting word, but even, um, like becoming internet friends, which sounds kind of funny and following, you know, people, but I, I welcome that. Like, I love what you said about like-minded people who want to inspire, who love music, who want to grow. And, um, if that's you and you're listening, like find me on Twitter, or Instagram, everything is at DJ Shauna, because I'm, I'm determined to constantly keep growing and learning. I want to become a great producer. I want to make my own music and I want to continue to do this for as long as 
long as I can with people who I enjoy being around. And I think yeah, that that's it. So if, uh, if, if you want to become internet friends, find me, find me on the interweb, <laughs> find her on the interweb. She told you where to find her. And I think that's so important though. That's what DJ Puffy came on here and said. And I mean, he's, he's legendary. He's such an amazing DJ. Yeah, he is. And he said, don't be afraid to reach out. Now's the time. Reach out. The people, we, we like you, kind of like what you were saying. Become internet friends. Reach out, and and it, and it goes back to what you said before too. Put it out in the universe what you want to happen. Follow the people that you're interested in, and learn from them, and even reach out to them. And and um, you know, you never know what what could happen. And um, and really stand for something and care about your causes, and don't be afraid to to do something out of your wheelhouse and do it like write a kid's book or start a <laughs> dare to be movement or, you know, there any you of that stuff, find the phone number for the NCAA. I mean, <laughs> and just call it and leave a rambling message and you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Send it. <laughs> yeah. Send it. That's exactly it. That's, that's a good motto for, for a lot of your career. Send it and just, send it. you know, a, a, approach it as it comes. And I think that, yeah, you're, you're just, you're a great example of so many things, but you're just an inspiration probably to so many people in so many different respects. And, um, yeah, I, I, I love this conversation too. I got so much out of it and I think it's could be inspirational to so many people, um, in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, we can talk more, but I'll let you get out of here and go work out or whatever you're about to do. I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna go try to find some DJ Spider videos doing that that DJ AM gig. That's what I'm gonna try. Oh to find. my god! There's uh yeah they I just I was on a podcast uh, called Five on Five podcast last week I where they I they know. interviewed me and uh, that was pretty fun. I got to tell some I crazy stories. Guys. They're so funny and they took a video of the day I I met DJ AM and they edited it together with my story. And it's pretty good. Like I got to post it on my, it's like embarrassing and hilarious at the same time, which I, I love those boys and I, I got to be on their podcast as well. So I saw that. I just haven't watched the video yet. So yeah, those guys are great. Neek and Phenom. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I love them. And, um, (laughs) and yeah. Oh yeah. We also didn't discuss like where you get your music and, uh, all that stuff. I mean, I hopefully like beat source could actually, be a good thing for you if they're like Giannis wants this song and you're like oh I gotta look it up real quick you'll just have the uh, you gotta get a beat source account so you can be able to look the stuff up and just get I do it right need there. to get a beat source account I know yeah. um, Ruche okay. actually talks a lot about beat source he's, he's oh, a dope. big fan so he he was like the, the first person to kind of get me onto that so I've been very intrigued yeah it's it's yeah. cool and I think today the new Serato is dropping today uh mm. we're recording this like it'll probably be already out by the time this comes out but where they're gonna have the offline mode so you won't be oh. like DJing off the Wi-Fi you could like find the song and then have it offline and all kinds of new stuff's coming out today I think the phase integration with Serato and a lot of nerdy DJ stuff uh that I love. <laughs> oh, right? and I guess one more thing before we go. Why do you use Tractor instead of Serato? It's a great question. So again, as I mentioned, I learned on vinyl. I was okay. on Serato. And so and this is not meant to to like darken the mood, but the DJ that taught me, so DJ Rock D, he unfortunately took his life. So oh, I didn't necessarily after those two years, I from a DJ standpoint, I'm after 
I've been self-taught. And so I needed to update something. I think I needed a controller for something at the time. Like I just, I needed something that was mobile and a guy at guitar center pushed tractor on me and I just fell in love with it. Like it, it just worked and I just hadn't turned, turned back. And I didn't have any influences at the time, like telling me it was bogus until I had people telling me it was, it was bogus in their opinion, but it worked in my brain. And to me, I can look at Serato. I understand it. And to me, it's, you know, the same language just organized differently. Um, yeah. And, again it does the same thing it's like a brand new $20 bill and I think DJ Scene said this when you're talking about real DJing and it was like a $20 bill from 20 years ago still works and that's kind of how I looked at it I was like this is working Um, I'm happy with it I'm grateful like I can throw my my S4 in my backpack and I can get on an airplane when I have to go do the women's final four or the bubble yeah true and it it's great and um, I like native instruments and yeah I'm I'm a fan so that's why I'm a tractor okay, DJ. Okay, well, there you go, guys. Probably the first tractor DJ. Uh, <laughs> everybody's all about Serato <laughs> or their USB sticks and all that stuff. There's there's other ways to do things. Um, Absolutely. Del, well, yo, thank you. DJ Shauna, thank you for coming on the thank 20 you. Podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you. We'll see you at the game or, or somewhere at your next gig. I can't wait. Let's All get right. you back to the, the 720. Oh, we got to get you back in more. Man, I know. Soon enough. I mean, I got to get... It looks yeah. like... Yeah. I, I always try to combine it with when I go to Chicago and then take the train or something down to Milwaukee Perfect. and then fly back. So um, I've done, you know, I've done many of my stupid imitating magazines in an airport in Milwaukee airport <laughs> as well. So I got to get back and do that. My DJ Good. Spider Mag life. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, All right. Me too. Well, thank you again. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Another great episode in the books. Thank you to DJ Shauna for coming on the show. I'm so glad you guys got to listen to her, hear her story and get to know her better. Thank you guys for tuning in week after week and helping me build this community. As I said before, my DMs are open. Keep in touch with me. I love seeing all the messages that you guys send me or post online and tag me Um, on Instagram. I am DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Um, keep in touch and let me know any topics you'd like to hear on the show any guests you want to hear me talk to or anything like that Uh, the 20 podcast is produced by BeatSource join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs I'm out peace and that was the 20 with DJ Spider